Hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson. And today we've got a really great program lined up for you. I'm really excited about it. Uh, we've had some, some great guests uh, on the podcast. We've had uh, what I consider to be some of the, most, the foremost theologians of our country and of our day on, on the podcast. And I've been able to control myself. But today, I don't know if I'm going to be able to control myself. I, 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 I'm, I'm going to go all fanboy on this podcast because uh, we have with us today uh, Don Reed of the Statler Brothers. Uh, Don, welcome to our podcast. Thank you, Kevin. I'm certainly glad to be here. I appreciate you inviting me. Well, I, I am just thrilled. I, one of my fondest memories um, growing up was every Saturday night watching the Statler Brothers on TV, on cable TV. And what I, what we, still, my dad and I would watch it and I would wait till the, to the final moments of the, of the, uh, the program where you would play your gospel hymns and I would hit record on the VCR and I had a, a, visa, a, a VHS cassette. Some of you don't know what that is, but uh, yeah, and right. I would listen to that over and over again throughout the week. And so I, I, it is just, I, I am thrilled that you would take the time and, and talk to us today. Well, thank you. You know, apparently that was your favorite part of the show and that was ours too, that closing. Mm -hmm. And that was a commitment we made when we did the show, which we told the network, we're going to do this. We're going to close with a gospel song every week uh, because that's who we are and that's what we want. Our first love has been Southern gospel music. We, we grew up with it. And it was a thrill every week coming up with the old hymns, the old gospel songs, sometimes a new one. But it was, um, it was so much fun. We looked forward to that every week. Could you tell us a little bit about how your faith was incorporated in what you did. Because, I mean, you're, you're, you're country western stars, uh, but, on, and the other, but you're, you're grounded by prayer and, and, and through your faith in Christ. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Certainly, we grew up that way. We grew up Presbyterians, mm -hmm. still am. Uh, matter of fact, uh, we are still um, elders in the Presbyterian Church, and so my two sons are here with me also. And same church that I was, grew up and was baptized in. So we were there every Sunday. And that, that's who we were. Our family was there all the time. And we, um, and I speak for this for all the Statlers. We, this, is, this is our background. And we got involved as kids in the love of Southern gospel. So we yeah. put a little quartet together. And that's what we were singing, Southern gospel. And we branched out into the country field. Actually, to, so we could make a few bucks. Hmm. But we never left the gospel we always practically every album of 40 some albums that we did every one of them had a gospel song on it yeah. all of our concerts we do a gospel segment right right along with our country hits so it was a part of us that we were always proud to let shine and mm -hmm. we enjoyed every moment of that and all those albums are what we're going to be talking about today because you've recently uh released this book uh the Sattler brothers uh, the music of the Sattler brothers an anthology and it's a mammoth work but it's really cool. For a guy like me, um, as soon as I got this in the mail, I went through looking up all of my favorite songs. And uh, it, it's an easy read, and it became a quick read for me. And I think it will be for you guys. So tell us a little bit about uh, how you put, put the book together, why you, why you wrote this, and why you released this. Uh, ever since I retired in 02, my sons and I eat lunch once a week together, for mm -hmm. sure. Sometimes more. But every Wednesday, we eat lunch. And we talk about everything, family, business, politics, religion, whatever comes up. And uh, they're very special to me. 
And anyway, they came up with this idea of the book. You ought to write a book about the music. And I thought, well, I don't know if I have enough to say about it. Yeah, well, we'll see. So I started writing a few chapters. I thought, I'll give it a test. And they liked what I wrote. I liked what I wrote. So I said, yeah, maybe I can. So it took about two years of time to come up with the stories and to do uh, to do the, the, the entire career, musical career, of every song that we recorded on every album. And I wrote about uh, how we wrote them, why we wrote them, the ones we didn't write, write. I wrote about why we chose them hmm. and the arrangements and what have you. Awesome. And it, it really is, I mean, it must have taken a lot of time. And I went through here and songs I didn't even know um, about. So I went out and Googled those, looked some of those up on YouTube, and it really was just, just great. I want to ask you about a couple. Sure. Uh, if you don't mind. And Absolutely. I, I got to say, in this time right now, we're, we're recording um, during the midst of a quarantine, in the midst of the COVID-19 epidemic. And I thought, even though this song was written many, many decades ago, um, your, 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 your hit song, Counting Flowers on the Wall, what a, uh, if that wasn't made for this quarantine thing, man, I don't know what was. That's right. <laughs> Just a guy sitting around so bored that he'd be counting flowers on the wallpaper. Yeah, that was pretty much how isolation isolation is right now, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this is the perfect. So, so this song is going to have a new life. Yeah. Um, yeah. especially after this podcast, when everyone goes back and listens. <laughs> <laughs> but, could you tell us a little bit about you know that was that was your first big hit, and I, I'm curious what that was like to experience that when you're you're listening to your own music on the radio, and maybe even you're hearing other people whistling it as you walk by. What was that experience like? It was very surreal to think that that was really us. And every time we heard, at the time we were working with Johnny Cash, who yeah. was, who he was our mentor. He was our employer at the time and a man of great faith, I might yeah. add. And anyway, he told us when that, when that record came out, he said, I want to tell you something about a hit record. He said, you will never hear it on the radio as much as other people hear it. He said, and I think that's God's way of keeping us humble. Hmm. And he was right. We, it was all over the radio everywhere, but we didn't hear it as much as other people did. And I have to think about him every time, every time we had another hit record, I would think about that. Now we have a, a co-host on this pro, uh, podcast. Couldn't make it today. Ray, Ray Jewell. And Ray wanted to know about specifically about that song. Did you ever find the missing card in your deck of 51? <laughs> and do you know it's impossible to win if you only have 51 yeah. cards? You can't go out. So that's how forward that guy was, counting flowers, playing solitaire, and watching Captain Kangaroo, I might add. Yeah, which I, as a school teacher, I knew I had hit the peak of, you know, there, there's that time where, like when I first started teaching, I was the young new guy, and it wasn't mm -hmm. that long when I was sitting at a desk like you, but I remember mentioning Captain Kangaroo in a classroom, and kids were like, what? Who? Like, oh, oh, no. I, I finally hit that plateau where I'm, I'm just old. Hey, so many of the stuff, Kevin, that I wrote, so much of the stuff I wrote about in the book, I would stop and think, wait a minute, I'm talking about uh, vinyl records. I'm talking about yeah. the A side and the B side. And I'm thinking there are kids today or young people today who don't know what I'm talking about. Right. And it's really, yeah, you got to check yourself. Yeah. Because technology moves so fast. <laughs> Well, a lot of your songs are nostalgic. Uh, most of them are. Uh, you know, Whatever Happened to Randolph Scott or Class of 57 or um, yeah. Do You Remember These, all these. Do you tend just to be a nostalgic person in general? Yeah, very much. And we all were. All four of us, we, uh, 
we, we'd sit around as kids, uh, once we got to be adults, we found ourselves sitting around reminiscing about yeah. the old days when we, when we were kids, we went to the movies on Saturday morning and we played softball together. And that conversation that we would have all the time mm. sort of seeped into our music. And then we started singing about what we've been talking about. Yeah. And that's how that whole thing happened with the nostalgia era that yeah. we did. You know, I wasn't alive for a lot of that, but I still enjoy, uh, just do you remember these? Um, yeah. I remember the first day, you know, I watched a clip of it on YouTube and uh, somebody on YouTube had put pictures with all this stuff. And it, yeah. I was like, oh, wow, this makes sense now. This <laughs> is incredible. Yeah, that's right. Once you see it visually, it does make sense. Yeah, and, and being a history teacher, you know, I, I, I look at some of these from a historical point, like, wow, this is, this is fascinating. I remember even, again, having conversations with my dad about what, what are serial chapters or, uh, yeah, exactly. you know, Dixie cup tops and things like that. It's just, oh, yeah. Uh, it, it, it did have some great memories for me and my dad, just for him to reminisce about all of these things. Well, you know, when Harold and I wrote that song, uh, do you remember these? They were just sheets of paper that we finally threw away because we didn't know where to stop. We just yeah. had verse after verse after verse of all the stuff that we remember. It was so much fun to put together. The hardest part then was editing it down yeah. to, uh, to what you hear on the record. So now you can come out with a sequel to the song. We could. <laughs> we should have saved all of that that we threw in the trash. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, uh, we were paid in cash. Of course, you, um, you, you worked for Johnny Cash. That's kind of how... Uh, you got your big star. I'm curious. Uh, last night, um, you know, we uh, we've adopted several kids, and last night I introduced our youngest kids to Johnny Cash, the Man in Black, mm -hmm. and uh, they were they were fascinated. We uh, we played the song um, "I've Been Everywhere." I thought that was a good introduction to yeah. the kids, and right. you know, trying to pick out all the different uh, places and stuff they've been to. It was pretty cool. Um, I, I, and I was told this is like the you're listening to one of the greatest voices in country Western history, and you've got to appreciate this. Um, I'm, you were there, not just as a fan, but you were backing up, singing the vocals. What was that like? I, I, I can't even fathom. Well, we grew up loving Johnny Cash records and buying Johnny Cash mm -hmm. records. So yeah, it was again, we were, it was a hero worship kind of thing. We were there and then we were hired and we were with him for nearly nine years. Yeah that we traveled with him, did all of his records, all of his TV. And it was, it was quite an experience. And we learned a lot just by observing. Uh, but John had his demons that we all know about. Yeah. And we saw a lot of the things we learned from him. We learned things not to do as well as things to do. And he would be the first to say that. Yeah. And it was, just, uh, it was just a great friendship and a great education to be with him and go through uh, so many of the things that he went through watching. I'm curious, you mentioned Johnny's Demons and things like that. And mm -hmm. country Western music tends to have a little bit of a darker side. Uh, but many Christians, such as are, are, are kind of drawn to that genre. And I think you, you mentioned you're a Presbyterian. And, you know, I tend to be somewhat reformed in my theology. And I think about just the doctrine of total depravity um, mm -hmm. and that idea that we are sinners saved by grace. Exactly. Do you think that's, that's, that's why there's kind of a connection between Southern gospel and, and, and country Western, because there is, we are real about our sin and about our, um, our frailties before the Lord. Exactly. Because we all have sin right. and we should never 
boast if we have been forgiven to the extent to where we are judgmental about those who haven't. Yeah. Then that's when you need to pray for those who have the same, who should have the same thing that you have. Right. And you know, they want that. And I think that is, that's exactly, I think of gospel music and country music as cousins mm. and they do go hand in hand because of the sin and the redemption. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So in terms of sin, I, 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 I gotta wonder, there's always that one song that I appreciate. I, I listen to, it doesn't seem to fit with the rest uh, of the music I sing, and that's Bed of Roses, a song about a prostitute and a young yeah. man. Um, mm. Tell us how that song came to be, because it doesn't seem to be characteristic of you guys. That was a song that a friend, an older friend, had told us a story about uh, something, I don't know that it happened to him or something that had happened to someone he knew. And so Harold took it and wrote a song like mm. this. And it was pitched around in the industry, and there were a lot of people, a lot of artists that were afraid of the song. They said, nah, it's a little bit too, you know, we can't do yeah. that. And actually, our image didn't really fit that either. But we loved the song, thought it was well done. And so we recorded it. I heard from so many ministers through that period of time mm. when Bed of Roses was a hit that said they had done sermons on the song. Oh, wow. And they had used it as a tool. And, and, it, and it is a story about, mm. yeah, it's, it's not about perfect people, but then who is perfect? And so we all, whatever the sin may be. So yeah, it, it, is, it was against the grain of our image, but it wasn't against the grain of what we ought to um, hear and believe and accept. Okay, I've got a, a friend uh, last night on Facebook uh, messaged me, they said that you've got to ask this question when you're talking with Don Reed. The song, Noah Found Grace in the Eyes of the Lord. Yeah. Is that the official, he wanted to know, was that the precursor or the launch of rap music? <laughs> Almost was. <laughs> I mean, that was, and there was another we did, the Fourth Man. Yeah, that had that kind of real fast. In it. <laughs> uh, that song, and it's so funny. When I first heard that song, I was about ten years old. The Tennessee Ernie Ford show. You ever mm. heard of Tennessee Ernie Ford? I don't know, but he had a big show in the fifties. Yeah, and I, he used to sing that song on his show, and I loved it. And when we got ready to do this Holy Bible, a double album. Yeah, we needed a story about Noah. And we were writing a lot of the stories. And I said, hey, guys, we're not going to come up with a better one than this one. This is one I remember from yeah. the old Ernie Ford show. And we, uh, we did it, and we put it in play form, you know, back and forth. It was fast. Yeah. Great stage song because oh, yeah. not only had a great message, but it, the presentation, you know, was <laughs> just one. fun. That album, uh, I remember, and again, showing my age a little bit now, I remember owning that on eight-track cassette player. Oh yeah, uh, that we had in our car, but that's what we stopped right in the middle of the song and changed tracks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we wore that one out. Now I, I've I've got it on on uh, on CD now, or actually I have the MP3s now, um, yeah. which it, it did great. Now and now MP3s or or CDs they're they're old now. Now it's all streaming music and oh yeah, <laughs> I can't keep up. Yeah, I can't keep up. I just uh, I, I just whatever I have. I think CDs is where I stopped. Yeah. And I, Check one of them in, yeah. Yeah, I stopped at MP3s, but now it's all streaming, so I'm trying to do that, trying to even keep up with my kids. But yeah. oh, it's it's a mess. So Thank goodness we have kids, and now I have grandkids that can show me stuff too. Right. <laughs> well, and we're talking on Zoom, and we're talking on a podcast, so I mean, it, yeah. it keeps on going. You know, I've had other books, and this is the first one that I've been introduced to Zoom and podcasts. We used to just pick up the phone and do an interview with folks. Right. But uh, 
this is this is all new. It's, but here we go, <laughs> moving on, right? Right. Now, I'm curious when you when you're singing songs like Fourth Me in the Fire" or uh, or "Noah Found Grace," how how much practice goes into that? I mean, because you've got to get that syncopation down just right yeah. in order to make that work. You know, we we would rehearse. We we didn't mind. We would rehearse uh, on the bus as we traveled. We'd rehearse in our offices when we we're home off tour, and uh, you had to do that. Now, songs then that you would ordinarily do on stage, the hits, you wouldn't have to do those as much because you were doing them often. Right. But with new material, we'd sit down and, uh, and work it out. Yeah. And that was the fun part. Creating music is one thing, then performing music is a whole other thing. Uh, but the creation part of it is so mm -hmm. much fun. That's why we loved recording. You go in from scratch and you create a, a sound. Now, the last song you guys sang in concert was Amazing Grace. And I'm wondering why, uh, why did you choose that? What, what special place does that hold in, in your heart? Well, first of all, we love that song. Yeah. But the first song, the four of us, Harold, Phil, Jimmy, and myself sang together. When Jimmy came into the group in the early 80s, we, were, we just met him. We were going to do an audition. And we said, all right, let, we sit down at the piano. We said, all right, let's, have, let's do a song that we all know, that we're all familiar with. Let's just sing an old hymn. Let's sing Amazing Grace. Everybody knows Amazing Grace, and we did. Yeah. So that was the first song that we ever sang together, and we wanted it to be the last song that we ever sang together. And I, I, I can't imagine a better song to end off with. Oh, absolutely. It says it all, and it was difficult getting through it that night, I got to tell you, because we were feeling the spirit, we were feeling each other, yeah. and we were feeling the crowd, and it was, um, I go back and watch it with, with a lot of emotion. Yeah. Uh, what was it like being on stage? Uh, I think of the, the song, uh, Thank You World. And you, in that song, you're kind of expressing what it's like uh, performing each night, what it's like traveling and all. So tell us yeah. a little bit about uh, that song and, and, and just that experience. That experience, we were saying back to the crowd what we wanted to say to them for their entire career that the fans had given us. And we... Um, we sang it every night as an encore song from the time that we start with, we recorded. And it, it just said everything in one song that we wanted to say, thank you world for, you know, thank you Lord. And we, we just thank you for everything that you've given us. And the people loved it. They would clap with it, we clap hands and we would, yeah. were all over the stage. And it was, um, it was a nice uh, goodbye for the evening. It was, mm. it was the way we wanted to leave the crowd. Well, thank you for all the music, it's just incredible. Um, it, it's just been a blessing to my heart, and I know to millions upon millions of others, uh, and I'm sure that's, that must be a humbling feeling to know that so many people have, have taken what your creation, what you've done, or what uh, the Lord has done through you. Um, what's it like knowing that all these people are just, they're being blessed, they're being entertained, they're being comforted at times, the, the soul, I know, being soothed, by something that, that came out of your mind and came out of your pen and came out of your guitar? It is, honestly, Kevin, it's overwhelming. Uh, I would hear from people and they said, this meant so much to me. This got me through your music, got me through rough times of my life, through deaths, through divorce and the tragedies. And I'm thinking that's more responsibility than I ever expected. That's more responsibility than I asked for. But that is the way the Lord uses you. When, you're, when you give yourself over to that, 
and over to him. He, he doesn't, he, he decides what's going to happen. Yeah. And he has used us in ways that we never thought he would use us. Mm -hmm. And we are so blessed and so thankful and just so amazed that so many people have been touched by what he's given us. I want to remind everyone, the name of the book is The Music of the Sattler Brothers, an anthology. It's available on Amazon. It's available in your local bookstores. We'll have links to it on our, pod, on our uh, podcast notes and also on Statlerbrothers.com. our website. You can get an yes. autograph on Statlerbrothers.com. Mine, mine's not autographed. I, I, Here, I, give me a pen. I'll take care yeah, of it. Yeah, if you can do that, that'd be great. <laughs> um, so I want to thank you for it. But I, before I let you go, I, I, I do want to bring up one thing that I think I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up. Mm -hmm. um, now, I know uh, a reunion tour is going to be impossible. Your, your brother has gone on to be with the Lord. Um, but I want to throw this out there. If you can get Jimmy and Phil um, back together, I have a banjo. Okay. And I know a lot of your music. Mm -hmm. I'm, just, I'm just throwing that out there as a possibility. Okay. You know. Let, let me, I'm writing this down right now. <laughs> right. Yeah, but we'll, we'll see what we can do. Yeah. And we'll give you a holler. All right, but give me a little bit because I actually have to figure out how to play that banjo first. Oh, you just own it. You only have it. I just own it. it. <laughs> but, then I'll bring my oboe because I don't know how to play it either. Okay, well, perfect. It'll be a perfect match. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> All right, well, well Don Reed, I want to just thank you so much for taking the time and, and, and being with us here on our podcast. Yeah, but it's been a joy. Thank you for inviting me, and I'm honored to meet you. I've had a great time. Thank you so much. Well, I want to thank all of you for joining us. And don't forget to check out our website at www.basicbiblepodcast.org. And we'll have all the links and all the stuff we just talked about on that site. And so you can check that out. So until next week, have a great rest of your week.